the dimension of heaven is what I call and others do too. There's a veil between us. And as that veil gets thinner and thinner, then there's more opportunity to see and hear. I didn't want to be somebody that had to have a near-death experience to go see what it's like on the, in the other dimension. I wanted to be able to develop a way that worked for all of us. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the program. On this episode, author Cliff Taylor shares his vast and varied life experiences that have taken him all over the world, including China, Iraq, and Africa. Cliff, who considers himself as much a messenger as an author, is grateful for the opportunity to share through his literary works. Cliff, let's start with the question of why do you write? What made you want to be an author? Depending on what it's about. So I'm very fortunate that, uh, you know, I've written children's illustrated books. I've written what some people are calling conscious streams of thought. I've written short stories about some of the things that's happened in my life. I've written a book called Awakening, which is like just what it sounds like. It's an awakening thing. And then I've also written books about how to uh, hear heaven's answers to the questions that I ask. And so the reason or the way that I got to it, each one of them has its own special, if you would, thing. And that's uh, part of it. Uh, I haven't tried to do anything other than write in the moment. Or uh, some people say I write just write like a distillery <laughs> where I uh, just take things that are really important to my life and then hold on to them for a long time and then come back to them and, and have the ability to write about it. The children's books, I was driving after a class, exercise class one night and it was winter and I looked up in the sky and I thought, I wonder if there's a snowflake up there. Then all of a sudden I started seeing the pictures in the book and I started seeing the words and I saw the word oak tree and that's how two of my books got started. Now writers and even musicians I believe can receive inspiration in many ways. We have life experiences as time goes on but that's not everything. You have to be able to relay that message. Cliff have you always had that talent to get the word across or do you see yourself getting stronger as a writer? The creative part, which is uh, really a, an amazing part of the of the whole process, is just like you said, it's just it's inspirational. The writing part of it, I think, yes, I have uh, gotten better. Uh, there, my uh, editor in all my uh, nine books, and she even edited my dad's book, Rebecca Ensign. She go, Cliff, that's that's Cliffy, and what she's recognized is that. She can take two of my sentences and make them into one. And so it's really, uh, I've gotten better to where there's a whole lot more one sentences into two sentences. Uh, apparently, uh, one of the things, the key things that really helped me as I was writing is not to read it uh, just in your mind, but to read it out loud. And if I actually read it out loud, it forces me to uh, get everything that's in my mind. And if I can get everything that's in my mind out, then it's, uh, it's a much better uh, writing and a much better read. So uh, I think, yes, I probably have gotten better. I think the thing that I really love is the fact that the creative inspirations have been happening since like 1984, that type of thing. And they're still happening now. When the inspiration strikes, are you able to put the pen to the paper right away? I'm seeing you as possibly recording or storing thoughts so that none of those ideas get away. Is that something that you do? So in the book Awakenings, what it amounts to is, is that I wanted to be able to write songs for my son who was in a band. 
And what I would do is, is it, like you said, it just, out of all the sentences and words that we hear all day long, all of a sudden something comes through just like boom. And so I really did uh, just write that title down because I had to keep working, but I wrote this one thing down. And then what I would do is, is that I would come back to it later and then be able to flush it out. So writing, a, writing that single thing down is, a, is an important way to be able to do that. For the book Connection, the inspiration that got me to the point of being able to describe how I was having connections was a result of, I was over at John and Claudia's, and um, I have this movie in my head, and I continually play it uh, at least once a week. My connections were working. They were getting better, clearer, and more often but I didn't understand how to describe how it was happening, which is essential for me. So Claudia was um, sitting in the front yard with Noah, who was about six months old. Emma had climbed a tree to get away from Miles, and Miles was <laughs> climbing the tree to make Emma <laughs> uh, agitated. And so I, John and I were sitting in the tailgate of, the, of my truck, and we were talking, and I said, hey, you know, this is... I'm getting them better, uh, but uh, you know, I know that it part of it is a clear mind, and I know that it has to be something that involves the mind, body, and soul. And so what I'll sometimes do is make sure that even though I think it's cool, I kind of test it. And so I said to John, what do you think about calm body? And he said, yeah, that works, a clear mind and a calm body. And I said, well, the one that I'm completely stuck on is soul. I don't know what that word is or needs to be, but I do know that it needs to be a, a word that's not fancy or anything like that. It needs to be a short word like clear and calm. And so I said this one and he said another one and we went back and forth for a while. And then he goes open and is that's the inspiration. It just hit open soul. And so I went, yeah, clear, calm and open. And so that's literally how inspiration can come from so many different places and so many different ways and so many different people besides yourself that uh, it's magical uh, is what it amounts to. Cliff, with so many things in life, depending on what your craft is, it takes a whole lot of time to get really good at what you're doing. Does writing force you to work on it on a regular basis or does it just come naturally? For me, it's more about, I don't set a time to be able to say, hey, you need to write two hours a day. You need to do this. I am a driven person who uh, has to have progress. And from that standpoint, but I'm not going to force it. I'm not, in fact, I'll take quality over schedule any time of the day. Um, what's neat is, is that as the inspiration comes and depending on its intensity, then that's what... Uh, that's how I write. So I've probably been writing, writing, writing since 1996. Let's try to dig a little deeper here and get into your mind a bit. How did some of your books come to you and why and what have you written about? So in the case of Awakenings, it was that thing where I, I wrote down the single sentence and then flushed it out uh, uh, that way with connecting connections, the heaven uh, the books from, from that I can be able to hear and see the answers from heaven. I literally got mad at all the different people who were having singular um, interaction with heaven greater than what I thought I was. 
And um, I just, I didn't want to be somebody that had to have a near-death experience to, to go see what it's like on the, in the other dimension. I wanted to be able to develop a way uh, that worked for all of us. So that one, that's where that inspiration came from. The children's books, like I said, Snowflake and uh, Oak Tree, they came from literally looking up into the clouds and thinking, I wonder if there's a snowflake up there. And that kind of stuff, it takes me a long time after that to be able to do it because I'm not a, a, a rich financial man. It has helped me so many ways. The short stories, I've written about what it was like to work in the, in the war, uh, in the Iraq war, second Iraq war uh, for the army. Uh, in the Marines, I've written about what it was like to climb Kilimanjaro. I've written what it's like when my son took his life when he was 37. I've written a, a book called Someone Has to Protect the Children. And this is about a book that uh, helps parents be able to ask some pretty tough questions to their children uh, to help discover uh, what is about 5 million children who have been sexually assaulted. And that came from the fact that I was sexually assaulted when I was seven and eight. So it's more about how to uh, that I actually um, that I'm trying to get through to folks is this is how you do it. It's just who I am, I think. But I'm like every other writer. I'm just trying to get down uh, what it is that uh, I think is important and what it is I think that uh, maybe somebody else wants to read. Now, Cliff, with some of your life experiences, you've had to deal with some pretty heavy stuff. These books we know will help heal others who might be going through similar situations, but is it also helping you heal quicker? Actually, I don't. And the reason why, I had to go through my healing to be able to write. Irregardless of which one of the topics it is, I went through something, and then after I've gotten through it, then I was able to write about it. Writing in the moment for some of the books is absolutely perfect. But uh, the other things, I literally had to go through all of it to be able to get to that point so, so that the healing that I did, and, and what I'm doing is making sure that I'm not kidding myself, you know, and I'm not presenting a false case. When I get to that point, and it's just when I know it, I immediately start writing. So does it help me? Yes, it does. But the healing is much more helpful is what it amounts to. How often do you get to talk to fans of your books or people who have gone through some of these same things you have in life? In the case of those who've been sexually assaulted, it's we're already friends and have been for years and years before the book. I think what the question is, is kind of getting to is, is it those of us who have been through something, regardless of what it was, in an extremely um, tough situation, we recognize who we are. And so some people are interested in, in sharing and some people aren't. And one of the bigger mistakes I made was um, I would start sharing with somebody who was not ready for it, was not interested and didn't ask. And that was a pretty big lesson. I thought, hey, you know, I, I've got this light and this healing, and I know it can help you. Well, no, it can't if, you're, if they're not ready and not asking. So that was a big life lesson. The healing process is different for everyone. Do you talk about that in your books? We know that this can be a personal journey that some aren't ready for. It is. It's the importance of, of being loving. In fact, it's even something and someone has to protect the children. One of the things that I suggest that parents do is, is that uh, if they don't have the type of relationship 
to know whether or not your child, if they were sexually assaulted, that they would come to you and tell you what happened. And if you're, if you just want to reassure, one of the things that I offer is ask your child, has anyone ever done anything to you? And if they say yes, I remind them in that moment, don't let your feelings and emotion of mad, uh, hatred, whatever it is, overcome you. Remember that your child needs to see that the first reaction you have is, is that you love them. And in fact, that's one of the things that I suggest that they say. If your child said, yes, somebody did this, you hug them and tell them I love you. It is the most important thing. It's not immediately pick up the phone and call the police. It's your child is your precious, uh, beautiful, innocent thing. So love them and then take the next action, which is I recognize souls that have been damaged. And if I see yours and I think, okay, I'm pretty sure this would help. If you're not asking and you're not ready, I've just probably alienated the two of us and um, made it to where that maybe your healing takes longer. So that's a, it's a really good point. Has a favorite author ever inspired you to write something? In a different type of way. With the uh, books uh, Connect and Connection and the one that will come out sometime later, My True Story, literally it was reading books by Betty Eady, Needle Donald Walsh, Walsh, uh, James Von Prague, um, and some, uh, some other folks. It just literally made me mad. Why do these people have this ability when all of us really want it? All of us, don't we have the ability to do that? And so in a reverse way, it was... It wasn't that their writing was something that I thought uh, that's what I wanted to do because I'm not that smart to, uh, to be able to do that. I can only pretty much just write the way I write. Um, but it was important to, it just, yeah, it just made me mad. So uh, that, that was inspiration and, and I did figure it out. It took a while, but after a while I did figure out, that, okay, this is how it is. And we're the ones that make it difficult for heaven, uh, for heaven's message to get through. It's not them, it's us. Now, just touching on something you just said, what do you mean, I'm not that smart, I can only write the way I write? I would say we're the natural folks. So for me, I, I, I like saying it this way. There's two paths, one's intelligence and one's wisdom. I didn't have enough intelligence to go down that road, but I've been through so much stuff in my life. Uh, that uh, I was able to get wisdom only because I survived it. And uh, I think I've uh, probably got more wisdom than I do intelligence. Now, many of your books are written in a way that I feel people can use them as a helpful guide to possibly getting through some tough times, but also entertain. Do you feel that way? Thank you, first of all. I offer the books, and I do say this. This is how I do it. This is how I got through it. Uh, that's all I can say. Sometimes I feel like maybe I should be more self-promotional or this and that. And I think, ah, not really. Um, one of the things that uh, I, have, I am doing is uh, trying to grow uh, from a grassroots type of situation, which is, hey, somebody read it, they got it, and then they said, uh, said something. So the book Snowflake is an excellent example. My friend Lynn Nisley, third grade teacher, I gave her and each one of her students a copy of it, and they read it. And they read it at school, and one of the students, after it was read, said, Mrs. Nisley, is this a book about snowflakes or people? That boy got me. 
He really did. Because <laughs> if you look at a snowflake and you start up there and you go through all this stuff and then you go back up through evaporation, that's a lot like people. So, you know, that's the kind of things that just, uh, and I, I still get uh, a few thank yous I gave when I was working in Angola. A friend of mine uh, bought a couple books for his kids and it was just a few months ago. And now they're 10 years older and they say they still read it. And I'm like, God bless, they gotta be at least 16 or something. And it's just, it's just inspiring. It's just awesome. Being a writer, you build an audience or a group of people that appreciate your work. We understand that. But also with it comes the people who disagree or who are negative towards your work. Do you engage with those people? Obviously, yeah. And it's good because I think what it does, it tests me. And, I, and in fact, as I was writing, I was testing myself too. So if someone doesn't agree, all right, so you don't agree. Um, what's the basis of your disagreement? And so, you know, I used to get comments like, Cliff, I don't think you're talking to the Jesus I know. And I, I'd say, well, first of all, I'm not talking to Jesus. I'm talking with Jesus. Um, there's a two-way conversation. It's important, important distinction, actually. But yeah, they'll want to argue. And, and it's like, well, what is the basis of what you're saying? Well, it says so in the Bible. And then a lot of people tell me I'm working with demons or something like that because... <laughs> And I think that's part of what the Bible says. The, the point is, is that when you have experiences and you have the reality of that experience, you realize that other folks, we're all doing the best we can with what we know. Cliff, how often do you get the chance to talk with the people in your everyday life about these topics you write about? It's a daily, moment-to-moment thing for me that I bring in the wisdom and the experience of what I've done before and interact with it. But I don't quote the book per se, but if you would, all that stuff that's in the book is inside me and I can pull out of it uh, pretty regularly and, and apply it if you would. And, and then eventually folks go, God, Cliff, I didn't know you, you wrote books. Well, yeah, go to clifftaylor.com. And so that's, that's how that works. But it's, it's every day. Cliff, as we wrap up this first episode, can you please touch briefly on some of your inspiration behind your books? There are certainly all kinds of friends, family, people I love that are inspiring. And that's loving and, and gives me more energy. And some folks, just because of what they've talked about, their words are, are in the book as well. So one of the things right now, I'm, I'm driving about uh, about an hour and a half each way to work. And even though it's a lot of miles, it does afford me a lot of time to be able to uh, think about and talk about. In fact, that's one thing. Talking out loud is, is important of, uh, of what it is that I need to be planning and organizing and what I need to be doing. So yeah, there's, a, there's advantages there. Hey, Cliff, we really appreciate your time today. It was nice catching up and look forward to hearing from you again on the next episode. How can people learn a little bit more about who you are? Thanks, Rob. And for everybody, I want you to please go to the website, www.clifftaylor.com. Cliff with one F. And today I want to, as always, give thanks to Heather Pascoe, who's our voiceover and uh, MC, Rob Pascoe, the narrator, and our producer, Steve Weingarten. Appreciate all of y'all. Thank you very much. And uh, next time.